Welcome to Run This World. My name is Nicole DeBoom. I'm a former pro athlete turned entrepreneur. Each week, I'll bring you insights and inspiration from some of the world's greatest visionaries who will help you run your world in ways that you didn't even realize were possible. All in the framework of the amount of time it takes for the average person to run a 5K. That's 36 minutes and 38 seconds, give or take a mile. We often go long, so get ready. Thank you for spending some time with me today. Now let's get this workout started. Hey everyone. Hey, you are about to meet an incredible woman named Joanna Canals. I first met her, gosh, it was 2005. And I know it was because we were in our very first really nasty warehouse in North Boulder, right behind the strip club and right next to the homeless shelter. It was uh, our first office and Skirt Sports was off and running and this really cool fitness reporter from Fox News heard about us so she decided to come out and do a segment. She did such a great job and what's really funny, what I loved about her the most is that at a certain point it got chilly and I had a thin top and we didn't make sports bras with removable pads yet. And I was like, uh, what do I do? And she goes, here girl, use one of these. And she reached into her bra, pulled out a pad and handed it to me. That's how I got to know that Joanna Canals was one of the coolest chicks I would ever come across. I knew I wanted to have her on the show, but I actually wasn't sure how, how it was going to go. You know, I don't know Joanna that well, but I've always felt incredibly connected to her. Her energy is very positive. She's She just leaves you feeling um, special. And I, you know, through it all, even if I only get to see her for three-minute segments at a time twice a year, there's something about her that's always stuck with me. So I invited her on the show today and found that she really needed it. And I, I'm really excited to have you all listen and get to know more about Joanna because she shared some things today that I think uh, have some really universal applications. And uh, many of you are going to walk away maybe with some tears in your eyes or a smile on your face or whatever part really sticks with you. Um, But in the end, she just really brings it back to the point that we are not alone. As alone as we may all feel in the world at this time, you know, at times, we are not alone. So on that note, I'm going to let you uh, kick back, relax, get in your groove, and enjoy the show today. Hey, everyone. I am here today with my friend, Joanna Canals. If you live in Colorado, you have seen this amazing woman on TV daily or monthly or however often you stalk her. Hello, Joanna. <laughs> stalker. Nicole, you're my biggest stalker, right? I know I am. I stalk you all the time because I go, when can I come back on the show with you? <laughs> We've loved having Nicole. I mean, you and all your inspirational ladies on the show. That's why I keep bringing you on because you're just uh, just booming with energy every time we see you. And you help me through my day because you're so positive. You know, you are just like surrounded by positivity. I really think you kind of give off what you take in. You take in what you give off. I don't know how it works, but tell us a little more about Colorado's Best. Like, why did you get involved and why did you create Fitness Fridays? Oh, well, the show started five years ago. 
Honestly, I was kind of in between jobs, didn't know where my career was going. I had been a stay-at-home mom mostly for 10 years. I chose to stay home with the kiddos and do freelance television. So I was kind of in a wondering stage of, hey, what am I going to do? I was working freelance for Channel 4 and didn't have really anything planned for the future in terms of broadcasting and getting back in full time. And I got this phone call to come audition for this show. And I'm like, hey, let's do it. And uh, I was so floored when they called me and offered me the job, honestly, because I thought that I was just a has-been. And they offered me the job. Uh, I co-hosted with Paula. And when I came in, I said, hey, let's get fitness back up and running because that's what I used to do for Good Day Colorado on Fox 31. And that's my passion. Fitness is my passion. I love working with the fitness industry, hopefully inspiring people out there. And honestly, the reason I work out is to stay sane, girl, because we all have something in our life that's in the back of our mind every day that we're dealing with, and we just need to make it through the day. So when people see you on TV and you look all happy and you're in your cute little outfits, and by the way, you always wear, I think your minimum heel height requirement is like four <laughs> inches. How do you walk in those things? I don't oh know. Gosh, it's very, it only lasts for an hour, Nicole. I call them the one hour shoes. They come off after the show. I should show everyone, in fact, what I'm wearing all day. It's usually sweats and flip flops. Oh, I'll put some photos on the, uh, on the show notes page, right. but you know, um, yeah, we'll do the, the at home and the, in the office, <laughs> Joanna Canals. Awesome. Uh, but what's funny is on fitness Friday, you're always in like running shoes. And so let's just say you suffer from the height challenge. syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Were you a little shocked when people see me in person? They're shocked at how short I am. I'm five, two. And on TV, I guess I look like this giant. And so, I don't know. I'm a tiny person, people. I am. You're a little one. You know what's funny, though, is everybody thinks you're larger than life when you're on TV. It's just how it is. I'm Um, so not larger than life, but I appreciate that. Tell me, actually, I want to know a little more about your fitness journey. Like, what did you grow up doing? How did you get here today? And why do you love it so much other than staying sane as an adult? Well, I was a ballet dancer growing up. In fact, I started as a flamenco dancer. I'm from Uruguay. I was born in Montevideo, Uruguay. My mom was a flamenco dancer, and we moved to the United States, and she started a studio out of the home teaching Spanish dance and flamenco, and I was one of her students. And so she was my first dance teacher, and I started that way. And then I started at the Ballet West Academy, a very strict ballet school when I was eight, doing like three hours of ballet every day after school. And so dance and performing was a huge part of my life. Um, When I got into college, I was an NBA cheerleader, and I went and danced in L.A. for a summer. I thought that that's the route that I wanted to take in life. And uh, once I went to L.A., I thought, ah, this is not for me. So the life of the performer after college was kind of over. You know, once you hit 24, your life of, as a dancer is kind of it. So I walked into a gym one day, and <laughs> they offered me a job because I, you know, I have body awareness. I did Pilates since the age of five. And so... Uh, somebody offered me a job and said, hey, you really should get certified. And I got certified and started teaching every format known to man. And at the time uh, when I started, 
teaching, I was also a reporter in San Diego. So I've done both the broadcasting and the fitness industry together for many, many years. And it took the place of dancing and performing, to be quite honest, because uh, that's what I do on TV. Essentially, every day I'm performing. And when I get to do fitness as well, it kind of fills that hole that dance and performing left. I I love your background. I cannot believe you've... Okay, let me just tell you. Yes. The things people say when you're a kid sometimes stick for the rest of your life. And I swear I was like nine years old with a bunch of friends and we were supposedly like dancing. And the mom walked in and she looked at me. She goes, wow, you really can't dance, can you? (laughs) (laughs) That stuck with me my whole life. And so to have that awareness that like, I got the beat. I'm five years old. I'm doing Pilates. I can move my body. I mean, it immediately makes me think, well, this woman, she's got her stuff together. Um, she's probably got an amazing body image. Do you Have you ever struggled from like body confidence issues? Oh my gosh, yes. My mom was trying to help me, um, but I was kind of a pudgy kid and she would, you know, I'd go to ballet and then she'd be like, why don't we leave a little food on the dish? You know, she was trying to do it in the nicest way possible. But I was not always in shape. To be honest, when I had my second child, I had gestational diabetes, and I gained 70 pounds. Whoa. And you're 5'2". Right. That's a lot of weight for a girl of 5'2". And it didn't come off easy, Nicole. It took a year and a half to get back in shape. And I was teaching all my fitness classes. It didn't matter. Um, It was 70 pounds. So... uh, I, you know, I believe me, I have looked in the mirror many a time and gone, wow, I I wish I could tell you, hey, I have the best self-esteem when it comes to my body, but I'm just like any other woman, honestly. So when, you know, there are people listening who are like, I can relate, I put on 50, 70, 100 pounds. You know, you, you said it took a year and a half. A lot of people probably give up during that process and just say, well, this is the new me. What, what advice do you have for them to hang in there? You need to find something in fitness that motivates you. I'm a lucky person because I love to sweat. And you can probably relate, Nicole. I love to work out. And so I just kept going with it simply because I loved to go to the gym and lose an hour of myself in a gym. So that's why I did not give up. I think if, if I would have been someone who didn't like to work out, maybe I would have. Um, but it was hard to look in the mirror when I was working out, not seeing who, you know, my regular self. So I, I always tell people, find something that you love when it comes to fitness. And if you don't love fitness, there's something out there for you. There absolutely is. Um, Reframe I, how you look at it. Maybe they're thinking, I don't love fitness, so I'm not going to do anything that I will never love it. But there are things that are disguised as fitness. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, I... I love you to death, Nicole, but I'm not a runner. Um, So if somebody ever told me, hey, why don't you go train for this triathlon? I would laugh in their face and I'd give up after the second day, you know? So yeah, that's not for me. I don't like Zumba, but other people love Zumba and, and you're moving. And hey, if you don't like to run or go to the gym, but you love the outdoors and you like to walk, then that's your thing. And that's what I tried to do for Fitness Friday on Colorado's Best and for Everyday Fit on the Everyday Show. I try to inspire people to find something that's going to make them move. And if moving is not your thing, 
then hey, find some nutrition uh, programs that you love because that will make a huge difference. You don't have to be one of those people who loves to go working out every day. That's true. I mean, I really do. I think you have to have both factors in a high state of awareness in order to, I guess, have that body balance that you might be looking for. You can't just work out all day and then just eat like crap. You You need to do both. Right. And some people, I, I, you know, I love food, I have to say, and I love desserts. Dang it. I wish I didn't. But there are people who are into the vegan eating. There are people who are into the farm fresh, farm to table, and that's really working for them. Um, it doesn't have to be a so-called diet. It can just be something that you're passionate about, passionate about when it comes to eating. So when you're on TV and you're doing all these incredible segments, you're bringing these great guests on, and you're actually, you're really good at pulling out the best in people. So everybody who does your show walks away thinking, I'm really awesome because Joanna <laughs> Canals made me feel like that. So I want to just call that out right now. You're yeah. good at that. That's a good trait to have. Very nice of you. I love to make people look good. You know, it's not all about me. I think when you can, what, what's that saying? See, I have a hard time after the shows. I'm, I start losing my mind. It's uh, people will forget what you said, but they will never forget how they felt around you. Mm-hmm. And I really try to take that into the show every day because how people feel around me is way more important to me than the awesome segment that I had. I want yep. them to leave saying you know, she made me feel something or I feel so much better today because of that. I I hope I'm doing that. I'm not perfect at it because some days I have a bad day, guys. And if you've been on my show and I was in a bad mood, I'm so sorry. That's funny. Never with me. (laughs) But, you know, there are some days where going on TV is kind of hard and and you don't have that smiley face on all the time. So I apologize to anyone out there if you've met me and I haven't been 100%. I I do apologize because that does mean everything to me is how people feel around me. Well, I think you, you know, and and your peers have a really tough job. First of all, I heard, maybe this is untrue, but I heard that the number one sort of comment or complaint that people have when they write into TV shows is what the reporters and anchors hair looked like that day. (laughs) I mean, how fickle people are ridiculous. They're just like sitting there poking fun or saying, wow, her hair's really out of place today. Come on, get over it. We're, we're all human, right? I think that people think someone's doing our hair every day and nobody is. Nobody's doing <laughs> so there. our hair. It's us, you know, and I'm not great at it. Uh, but somebody actually emailed once, emailed in once. And if you've seen me on TV, I have long, curly, really thick hair. And she suggested that I get a pixie cut. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I want to see that. Like, you think that looks good, dear, but it doesn't. I would suggest a pixie cut. So that was my favorite email. That was great. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love it. So, you know, how do you get through these these tough times? You know, you've alluded a couple times here that not every day is rosy. It... You know, what's going on with you right now? Are are you at a point in your life where you're pushing through some tough stuff? Yeah, I was kind of commenting to you before this segment. Today's been a rough day, and you got to put on your makeup, you got to do your hair, you got to go on TV and have some energy because you can't go on TV and reveal to everybody how you honestly, truly feel. 
but I don't know, the day-to-day life of a mother, I have two teenagers, I have a tween and a teenage son, and I worry about them all the time, and then, you know, kind of trying to balance everything with your husband who has a career in traveling, and then and then you have your your exterior family, the family you grew up in, like my younger sister died of breast cancer two years ago, and it's October. This is when she was diagnosed, um, and November was when we found out um, a couple years ago that she was going on hospice, and it was the fight was over. She fought breast cancer for seven years, and she was three years younger than me. We had kids the same age, um, and I miss her like every moment. It doesn't get easier at all. In fact, it gets harder because I start, you know, forgetting her voice and and she was actually on Colorado's best quite a bit with me because as she was battling cancer, she was running every day. Um just to give you an idea, the breast cancer went to her bones, which then went to her brain. So she had two brain tumors, uh cancer all over her bones. <laughs> And she was running every day. And she was my inspiration because she kept going. And they told her to stop exercising because she was going to break all of her bones. But my sister couldn't stop. (laughs) She couldn't help herself. And so um, she was my inspiration for fitness. She didn't live here. She lived in Salt Lake City. But every time I would go back home, you know, I'd, I'd do a Pilates session with her, try to help her out and... Gosh, it doesn't, I, it just doesn't get any easier. Breast cancer and any kind of cancer is just evil. I watched my sister deteriorate from this gorgeous, healthy person to just um, a sight that I never wanted to see. And so that's always in the back of my mind. And October is especially tough for me because you get all of these survivors who come on the show. And believe me, I look up to anyone who can beat cancer. Just because my sister died doesn't mean I'm not a total fan of anyone who can just slay this disease and put it to the side. But I always see these survivors come on and I think to myself, oh, I wish my sister could have beat it. She'd still be here. She'd still be here. And I used to, yeah, go ahead. What was your uh, sister's name? Michelle. Um, okay. So I'm sure everybody listening is also tearing up and this is, this is tough stuff. This is like the real world. And I know it's, I'm so sorry you had to go through that with her and that she's not here with us today. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you know, it, it pisses me off, but I understand like that, this is just the process. It pisses me off that her doctors told her to stop working out. (laughs) I think, you know, it made her happy. It did. It's just that bone cancer makes your bones so fragile that anything could break them and she'd end up in a wheelchair. But my sister never broke one bone and she had bone cancer for four years. And I would never tell anyone, Hey, go run. (laughs) Even if you have bone cancer, Right. <laughs> no, please. No, I'm not a doctor. Please don't send me an email saying, what What are you talking about? I No, that's not what I'm saying. It's just for my sister, 
it saved her while she was living with cancer and was lucky enough that the, her bones never broke. I mean, she was blessed, you know? Um, but I used to do a lot of segments about cancer and exercise and how it helps you. And I haven't been able to do one since she died. And I can understand why. Yeah. I mean, you don't want to break down on, on live TV. And I have broken down on live TV when I show, because <laughs> I have showed her pictures. And, you know, I want people to remember her. And I'm yeah. such a huge advocate for exercising through cancer, even if it's just laying on the floor and stretching out your legs. And that's the only thing you can do that day. Um, and, and I have been thinking that maybe someday when I'm feeling a little stronger, I might go into that industry and, um, train people who are going through that because they are fighting for their life. Like it's not just going to the gym and thinking, Hey, I want to lose 10 pounds. These people are fighting to just have a part of themselves every day, some kind of normalcy. Mm -hmm. It's true. And you know, if nothing else you will live the rest of your life with those happy hormones that exercise at least gives you. Right. So it can make the rest of your life feel happier. Yeah. Include that. And I think it, I think that uh, field is wide open. So I'm going to encourage you for your next, <laughs> next career move. You know, what, what does this mean for you? Is there um, a family history then that you, like, are you at much higher risk now yourself? I am. Um, unfortunately, we never found out if it was genetic or not. We never did the genetic testing. My sister just didn't want to go there. There was, there was never any good news when it came to her cancer. It was always bad news. And she just didn't want to go through one more test. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't know to this day if that's the case. But I do go in for my yearly mammogram. Uh, I did a live mammogram on television about... Oh. Wait, how do you do that? Don't you have to be like <laughs> naked to, or at least um, naked no, up top for been, a mammogram? That would have been tough. No, um, I went in. I had never had a mammogram when I did this live on TV. I did this while my sister was alive to kind of help women out there get over the fear of going and getting a mammogram. So it was on Good Day Colorado for Fox 31. I was on live three times that morning during the morning shows And I covered up and did a live mammogram and I got my results live, which was kind of scary because my sister was already going through cancer at that time. Um, But I wanted to do that to kind of inspire women, you know, like if they're not even 40 yet, maybe to go get a test because that would have saved my sister. She was diagnosed when she was 32 and you just don't do tests. You don't do mammograms when you're 32. Mm Mm-mm. You know, so I was hoping to maybe reach out to a population of women who hadn't really considered going to get a mammogram yet. I think actually it's worth talking about a little bit more. Um, Those people who haven't had one, and I got my first mammogram last year. Um, You, I think, supposed to get them around age forty. Is that correct? Mm Mm-hmm. And, uh, but I was still breastfeeding because remember I had a baby at 40 and I breastfed her for almost two years. (laughs) (laughs) But Nicole, I didn't know you were 40 when you had her. I had no idea. You look so young. Oh, come on. Oh, I love this conversation. Let's keep going. I had no idea. 
<laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. I turned 40 the month after I had her and, and I did breastfeed for a really long time. And, uh, so I didn't get my first mammogram till I was 43. Wow. And I had this idea that, it would be super painful. Everybody was always complaining like, oh, that's going to be fun. And then if, and I thought, well, I barely have any boobs. I'm like an A cup. So it can't hurt. And they're like, oh, sister, it's worse. They like squeeze whatever skin they can find and like squish it between the panels. And so I went in thinking it was going to be like, uh, you know, Jekyll and Hyde kind of scary Frankenstein machine. And, uh, and it wasn't, it wasn't that bad. So what's your, mine mine are painful girl. They are. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm going to be honest. Okay. It's not a walk in the park for me. It, maybe it's because I have implants. It's a little harder to do the mammograms when you have the implants um, because I have no breast tissue. They make fun of me every time I go in because they see my real breast tissue and they're like, wow, you got nothing. So, <laughs> Okay. So yes. I didn't know you had implants. Oh, I have implants. Like, you know, we haven't hugged enough. <laughs> Need to know. You know, um, mine are incredibly. Can can we get personal? Mine are incredibly, um, like real, and but they're not real. It's really weird because I got them before I had kids, and then I breastfed, and then they became very natural. I would recommend it for any woman out there. Get your implants before you breastfeed, and you know, yeah. So mine are really soft. It's funny. I went to a nursing consultant before I had a baby because I was all worried about breastfeeding, but I didn't have to worry in the end. But she said, yeah, sometimes babies have trouble latching. And one of the cases was a woman had implants that were so like tight and kind of bulbous that the baby just kept kind of like sliding right off the boob. <laughs> couldn't get a grip. So maybe, you know, there's a little bit of a in-between ground there. Right. <laughs> I don't know. You know, to be honest, I keep saying to be honest. I'm just going to be honest with you. I kind of wish I wouldn't have done it. Why? You know, why did you? Because um, I was so incredibly flat. I was like a double A and I was so tired of wearing clothes and looking like a boy. That was the only reason, really. That I can relate to. Because right? that is why I started skirt sports. But how old were you? Were you still in the dance and cheerleading and no, kind of that I way? Wasn't, no, I was out of all of that. I didn't do it, you know, because I was a dancer or anything. I really did it strictly for personal reasons. I was like 24. My dancing career was pretty much over at that point. And I just wanted to feel like a girl. But then when I got them, I'm like, who the heck wants these things? So <laughs> I'm not one of those people who went really, really big anyway. But I thought, oh, they, I, you know, if I were to do it all over again and talk to my younger self, I'd say, Joanna, come on. You can make it through life without the implants. Um, so I've had them in ever since. I haven't even had them replaced because I don't want to deal with it. I'm a bad girl. Is there a, um, are you supposed to get them replaced? I've heard that you should, but then I went to a doctor and he said, hey, if they're not giving you any issues and they're not leaking, hey, just go for it. So I still have my original implants in. Is this too personal for this? I think this is like the coolest because so many people wonder. Um, I I do know a friend who's having um, an autoimmune system disorder and she'll have it the rest of her life because of implants that leaked after she had breast cancer. So that worries me. I'm just worried. Now I'm going to worry about your boobs all the time. (laughs) Oh my gosh, don't worry about Honestly, if they ever give me any trouble, I'm taking them out and we're calling it good. We're not doing a replacement. So there you go. 
Yeah, no, I hear you. And, um, you know, I think this is all good stuff because it's just about being real here today. Oh. No more to be honest. Let's just do it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm being so real. I'm going to kill myself after this uh, interview and go, Joanna, why'd you say that? But, you know. <laughs> You're going to, no way. This is going to be my number one. performing. <laughs> You know, uh, prior to the interview, we were also talking and I, I could just tell you were on edge and it sounds like you have, a, you know, we kind of hit on, hey, how do you get out there and put on your happy face? And in your case, go in front of a live TV audience and uh, and really kind of fake it till you make it. Yeah. You know, it sounds like you have some other things going on, not only deep emotional issues involving Michelle, your sister, and, and, you know, that makes you question life. But uh, what else is happening? Oh, gosh, I don't want to, I don't want to draw too much attention to any negativity going on in my life. But there are some days where I go on the show, and I'm feeling so vulnerable. And I'm reading my scripts, and I'm thinking, oh, if people only knew, you know, that I'm not this I don't know, happy put together person that I appear to be on TV. You know, um, over the last month, I have another sister. Her name's Veronica. And she has had drug issues for the last, I would say, mm, gosh, 25 years. She started drinking and, and doing some pretty heavy drugs at age 12. And she's been through rehab probably four times. She's back in right now. And it's just, it's just rough because um, I love her. And I always tell her, I love you. I don't love your choices. I love you. And within the span of her life, she's been married several times. She has three beautiful children who've had just kind of a rough life because of her choices. And just recently, um, she lost custody of all of her kids and she's back in rehab. And it makes me very sad because actually I was the closest to Veronica when we were growing up. And I lost one uh, sister to cancer. I've pretty much lost another one to drugs. I, you know, just because when they're on drugs, you lose them. They're not themselves. And she's back in rehab where she's not on drugs anymore. So she's back to being Veronica and realizing what has happened to her life. It's almost like they come out of a fog and she wakes up and she realizes I don't have my kids anymore. Uh, I don't have my, my family anymore. Cause we've all kind of had to take a step back and I'm worried about her because I know deep down inside she loves her children and I'm a mother too. And I can't imagine losing my children. This is, this is a big issue and it's really hard because you're faced with almost an enabling uh, decision. Do I enable her? Do I make it easier for her to get through this or do I let her hit a rock bottom? Well, we've and had to as a family. Yeah. We've, we've had to step back because I tried for many years. I would fly back and forth and talk to her and, and help her with all of the issues but there's only so much you can do. Um, and when they start having children, oh, that's just, it's hard. Because I, then I had three more people to worry about. I know. And, and the last people you want to suffer through this are the kids. Yes. Yeah. 
I um, love children. I don't know. You don't know this about me, but I am the biggest baby lover. Like when babies come on the show, I want them the whole show. I don't even want to host. I want to hold them. And so it's been very hard for me <laughs> to take a step back with my sister's kids because I can't, it's, it's such a convoluted scenario. I can't even begin to tell you all the things that have happened over the years. Many times I have stepped in with social services and said, I will take these children. Um, but things have gotten in the way like my sister. So long story, but it's been very hard for me some days to go on TV and concentrate on reading scripts and being happy. And we're going to do this cooking segment. We're going to show this laser. And there's so much more going on in my head. Do you ever have those voices in your head, Nicole? That They're just going all over the place. And yeah. how do you do that on live TV? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it's we all have to, it's almost like a forcible shutting of a door. Close that door, focus you're yeah. doing a job, you focus. And then when that job is done, you can go back to letting your mind fill with whatever's going to hit it. But it's hard. I do not have a great answer to that. Yeah. Um, and we all have to do it. Every day we you know, have to get dressed and put on our happy face and go to work. So if anyone else, if anyone has some advice, <laughs> joanna.canals at kdvr.com, please email me. <laughs> Um, because I, you know, I do it, but it's some days it's really hard to concentrate on that hour of live television and shut everything else out. I'm sure people can relate. Oh, everyone can relate. Everybody, you know, and one theme that keeps kind of coming back through this episode is this concept of doing it for the kids. Like it keeps coming back to kids and I've met your children and they are amazing. You have come out and run our 5k for the last few years and your kids yeah. have gotten involved and they get into it. Oh it's my just, gosh. It's so cool. Your daughter you know, is just, you know that, that my whole family won medals at one of your <laughs> events except me. <laughs> of course you're coming back. <laughs> so Carly won first place. Tanner won first place. My husband, I don't know. I think he won third place. They all had medals around their neck and they looked at me and went, huh? What's wrong with you, mom? <laughs> you had more competition. I did. <laughs> um, so is, you know, is what's, is that a topic that just really interests you in the end too? You talked about someday maybe getting into the world of like fitness through cancer and disease, but I can see you getting into like trying to battle childhood obesity and doing great things in the world of ch childhood development. Oh, absolutely. I, I love children and I used to run my own dance studio. So I used to work with children all the time. I would teach little three-year-olds how to do first position in ballet. So I'd love, love teaching kids. I will be on, I will be honest. Here's that word again, honest. Um, I wish my kids were the healthiest out there. You would think that my kids would be like super buff and never eat a donut. I have not conquered that. Okay. I've not slayed that dragon. My kids, oh, Nicole, they love sugar. I don't know what to do about this. So I try things out with my kids, and then we do them on the show if I'm successful. Because as a parent, it is really hard to keep your kids on track these days. They have school parties. They're always at a, a sleepover or something with their friends. And for some reason, sugar is involved with all of that. And I, I'm losing control. Oh, yeah. 
I mean, as, as an adult, is sugar also an issue for you? Oh, yes. No, I have to be very strict. During the week, I have to tell myself, okay, no desserts until the weekends. <laughs> I have to put parameters in there because it's hard for me. But I have a husband who's not the most nutritious person. And here, here it is again. You would think that my family would be the healthiest family out there because of what I do for a living. And it's just not so. I face, I think, what a lot of families out there face. I look in my pantry and I'm like, why did my husband buy this? Why is this here? Um, I think it's something we all have to battle. I don't know. Maybe you're, maybe you're better at it than I am. I don't know if you face the same thing. Oh, no. We, uh, I tell Tim to hide. He'll bring home candy corn. You know how bad that stuff is? It's got, one of my interviews said, yeah, that's got a shelf life of like 50 years. Right. Imagine that in your gut. And I was like, Tim, can you please hide the candy corn? Because I actually don't have the self-discipline that he has. He can know where it is and not go after it all day. It'll be okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's an issue. And I remember at, at some point in uh, during the years that you and I have known each other, I, I looked at you and I said, what have you been doing? And you said, I did this like uh, health, I forget what it was, you did like blood work or something and it told you exactly what foods you had an intolerance for. Yeah, I, um, I'm going to go back to my sister's cancer. When she was diagnosed with terminal cancer, I don't know what happened to me physically. My body freaked out and all of a sudden I couldn't digest anything I lost 15 pounds, but had a stomach that looked like I was nine months pregnant. I was so swollen because nothing would go through my system. I, I like from one day to the next, literally. And I went to every GI doctor known to man. I did every test at the hospital known to man. Uh, gluten, allergy, do you have that? No, everything came back negative. And finally, I was doing Colorado's Best, and we had um, a clinic come on that offered um, the ALCAT test. It's a blood test that you take, and they uh, just run your blood and, and, and your cells, basically, just run it against every food out there, even uh, dyes that you find in food, herbs, uh, just everything that you ingest and they test it against these foods and they come back with this personalized plan for you telling you what your body cannot digest and tolerate. And I had wacky things like olive oil and apples, things that I was eating on a daily basis, my body could not tolerate anymore. So I went on this extreme plan where I couldn't have gluten, I couldn't have dairy, I couldn't have things like olive oil or sesame oil or sesame seeds. And I was very strict for a year and the inflammation in my body went down. And yeah, you, you saw me, I think after a year of doing that plan and people will say, oh, it's all in your head, but you saw the results. You saw mm -hmm. all of the inflammation in my body leap. So you've gotten a, you've seen so much. That's one of the cool things about what you do for a living is that you're constantly surrounded by experts in all kinds of fields related to health and fitness. So you probably have a very good education on what inflammation in your body is and why you don't want it. But maybe you can explain that a little bit. Well, inflammation causes disease. I mean, inflammation can turn into so many things. 
in your body. Diabetes, cancer, inflammation is not a good thing. And when I could feel my gut swollen all the time for no reason, I started getting a little scared. Um, oh, and I, I, you never saw any of this, Nicole, but I had acne, like horrible acne all over my face when I was at the worst of this. So not only did I lose 15 pounds, have this huge stomach, I had acne all over my face. Um, How do you go on TV like that? And I I was working on a show locally here at Channel 7 at the time, and I couldn't control it. I was going to the dermatologist and getting cortisone shots in my face to bring the inflammation down and just covering myself up with makeup and trying to grow my hair out. It was insane what was going on in my body at that time. Um, and, and with every doctor telling me, sorry, we can't help you. We don't know what this is. It was really frustrating. But my health was going downhill fast. And without being able to eat or digest anything, my energy levels, I, I could hardly get up in the morning and even function. So this is just, you know, the tip of the iceberg when it comes to inflammation. Um, people are facing like real disease as a result of this. Um, But I can't tell you after a year of bringing that inflammation down how I felt. It was like having a new life. And I was going through this with young kids, a career, teaching fitness. It it was really kind of difficult. I lost my health for a while. And so that's why I'm so thankful now to have have it back. And that's why when I start eating some things that I shouldn't be eating and I start feeling a little the way that I used to, I I bring it back because my health, oh my goodness, after seeing my sister die from cancer, my other sister facing, you know, drug addiction and what I went through, health, oh my goodness, like one of my top three priorities in my life to protect. You know what? We have been having so much fun and emotion (laughs) and laughter and honesty that we have surpassed our 5k today by a few minutes. And I just want to keep talking, but at some point here, we got to cut it off and we'll have to do another episode. Um, Oh yeah. We could go on and on, right? We we could. So, you know, I really like to end every episode by asking each person if they could give the listeners one piece of advice that would help them run their world in a bigger and better way. What would that be? Find joy. It's that simple. I've gone through, I mean, I've shared with you guys some stuff that I've gone through. And the thing that keeps coming back to my mind is we all have a choice. Even if this has happened and this is bothering you and you're not feeling good, there's always a way to find joy and be thankful for everything you have. I am so thankful to have my children and my husband and they're healthy and uh, a job that I can come to and actually enjoy my job and earn money so my kids can do all of the amazing things that they're doing. I feel so blessed. Not everybody has this. And so when I start feeling like, oh my gosh, I'm on TV and all these things are hitting me, the thing that I keep putting back in my mind is joy. Find joy in what you have because you do have a choice every day. You can lose it and go lay in your bed with the covers on top of your head or you can face it every day and you can actually enjoy it. Even when life is dark, you can actually have joy. It's, it's very much a choice. And I'm trying to make myself do that because I want to have joy. 
Joanna, you're going to listen to this podcast every day and listen to this last soundbite that you said, because it is an incredible piece of advice. And I just want to tell you, I appreciate you so much for being vulnerable today, for being open, for being honest and being real and showing us that, yes, you may look perfect behind the lens, but we are all human in the end. So thank you so much for sharing today. Thanks, Nicole. Thanks for thinking that I'm even a person that you'd want to talk to. I I really appreciate that. You'll always be that. (laughs) Love you. I love you too, Joanna Canals. Why didn't I say that when I was still on with her? I love that woman. She is incredible. She's definitely shown me a lot today more than I've ever known about Joanna just from getting on the show and and doing these fun segments with her and and the little bit of time that I've had to get to know her around uh, being a business professional. She is so multi-dimensional and I think the message and the takeaway for me today is that hey sometimes we all have to put on a pretty face and a happy face And in her case, it's literal. She is on TV, live. People are watching. It doesn't matter if she has an extended abdomen or acne all over her face or the fact that people in her life are going through difficult and traumatic situations. She's still got to put on that happy face. And I think we can all relate to that. There are times when we need to do that, but it doesn't mean that we might not be hurting inside. And so her final message to find joy really resonates with me, as I'm sure it does with you. I hope you enjoyed listening today. If you want to track down Joanna, go to the show notes. She put her email out there for you. Use it. She's amazing. Share with her what's going on with you. If you have something fun and fitness related that you think she should highlight on her show and you live in Colorado, shoot her a note. She's open. She loves hearing about new things. And, uh, and definitely when you get over to the show notes, I'm trying to track down some really cool videos of her. You're going to crack up. You really get to see what it's like to be so glamorous. All right. So there you have it. We are, it's a wrap episode 27 with Joanna Canals. Hope you enjoyed it. Now it's time for you to get out there, run this world, have a great workout. See you next week.